Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815 on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook, Pre-Arb Excellence Group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, the Your Best Pitching Coach Question. And ask me questions if I was confusing. Imagine, 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 imagine. You are putting together a, an affiliated baseball organization. You have a major league pitching coach. Or we're just talking pitching side now. Just pitching side. Hitters, hitters don't matter. All we're interested in now is pitching. All we're interested in is pitching. You have a major league pitching coach. You possibly might have someone who is a pitching director or something like that who's not the pitching coach, but he's in charge of setting, this is how we're going to do things. That's kind of like what Craig Breslow is. I'm not going to look up what Craig Breslow's um, job title is, or I don't know what his job description is, but to a large extent, it's how can we use the pitching lab to our benefit? So you have a pitching coach, you have a pitching director, you have a triple A pitching coach, you have a double A pitching coach, you have a high A pitching coach, you have a low A pitching coach, you have a pitching coach or two in the Arizona Compound League, then you have two pitching coaches in the Dominican Summer League. You got that? So it's like what, eight, ten? Pitching coaches, effectively, you want to have 10 good pitching coaches, 10, and they want to, and you don't want them to just be really good at barking stuff at people, throw a curveball, throw a slider, fool, throw a slider, no, 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 that's not what it is, you're trying to get pitchers to be better, not barking things at people, you're trying to communicate with people and get them to get better in that fashion. So you have 10 guys. You need to, you need 10 pitching coaches, about 8, 10 pitching coaches. So let, let's say we're going to rank the pitching coaches that are in existence from 99 down to 2. Guys who are 1s or 0s, they, they're not even. So, okay, you're, you're, uh, your pitching coaches, how good do you want them to be? Well, I want them all to be 99s, 898, 99, 97, you know, certainly no, certainly no lower than 96. Well, as with everything, it's really hard to locate and retain pl- uh, pitching coaches who are that good. They are going to get paid quite handsomely. Not saying that that would be a bad thing to have that many good pitching coaches. Usually, to me, if end of the season comes and you have a certain pitching coach who, well, he's a nice guy. He gets along with pitchers really well, but he's just not getting results. It would be perfectly reasonable to, we're going to replace this guy as soon as you find somebody else who's better. So, you know, let's say the guy who was the pitching coach in one of the guys in the Arizona Compound League. Got two pitching coaches there. One of the guys in the Arizona Compound League just wasn't cutting it, just wasn't getting it done. Whoever he is, whatever he is, da-da-da, whatever, whichever team, whichever organization, he's gone. We're going to bring in this guy from this college. 
or we're going to bring in this guy from driveline or some sort of driveline mimic. We're going to bring in this guy who's better to help our organization. It's not necessarily that he was a better pitcher as a professional. It's not necessarily that he's better. It's not necessarily that he's taller. It's not necessarily that he has better cleats. He's better at getting results than the guy who was let go. So now you have a roster of pitcher pitching coaches. Have one guy who's an 87, one guy who's an 84, one guy, a couple guys who are an 82, one guy who's an 81, guy to 78. Guy 76, he, he's really in danger next year. If he doesn't get a little bit better, he might be outsees and there might be somebody else coming in. Because you should always be out checking on if we were going to replace someone, who would we hire to replace him with? And if the guy that you're considering is an 83 and the guy you're considering getting rid of is a 76. Well, you know how that works, right? Okay, so you have your roster of pitching coaches. Not all of them have exactly the same responsibility. For instance, you have quite a few pitchers at the Arizona Compound League level who are coming over rather directly from the Dominican Summer League. Probably for a decent number of those players, the American way of life, the USA way of life, is not what they grew up with. English is not their first language. And the pitching coaches that they had had in their background possibly aren't as advanced, developed as some of the coaches that they would eventually be running into into the future. So if you have a coach in the Arizona Summer League, probably having him have some sort of um, Spanish competence might be more important than how he teaches throwing sliders. See how that works? You have different player, uh, you have different coaches in different levels, and different things are expected from different players or different coaches. If you have a pitching coach at the AAA level, you're probably going to assume most of the players he has at his uh, on his roster at the time. They have some level of experience, some level of um, professional competence. They probably have some level of a command of both their fastball and their secondaries. So possibly with those sorts of coaches at AAA, it's more about refining than creating from scratch. So it's not necessarily this coach is bad, this coach is amazingly good, so much as this coach has a strength in this area, this coach has a strength in this area, this coach has a strength in this area. Okay, now I'm going to derail myself because I like to derail myself. Back a number of years ago, uh, the Cubs had a 
pitching coach named Anderson Tavares. I was having a hard time remembering his name, but baseball reference to the rescue as usual. Tavares was from Santiago in the Dominican Republic and pitched in the Cubs organization from 2002 to 2005. He was never particularly good at... He was, he was pretty good at the Midwest League level. But other than that, he had a lot of troubles. He had a lot of troubles, and the further up he went, it didn't get any better. He eventually turned to being a pitching coach, and for quite a while, he got really good at it. He is one of the, play, the coaches who had, as I remember, and I'm talking from... I'm not going to indict the person who I was talking with, but uh, I was talking with one of the people who was around the team back then. And Anderson Tavares had a huge impact on two pitchers you may have heard of, Adra Elzelay and Justin Steele. Both arrived and were nothing special. After being with Anderson Tavares for a while, things happened. Things happened. They were better. They were more confident. They Stuff happened. They were better. They improved under Anderson Tavares. Not that the other pitching coaches in the organization were bad. Anderson Tavares seemed to be one of the better pitching coaches the Cubs had at the time. So he was at Advanced A Myrtle Beach at that time. Hold that thought. Stick a pin in it. So now you have your list of pitching coaches. You have one or two guys that are going to be, you know, this is the guy that I not only want to have a whole bunch of prospects run into, but I want to have him be able to have time to focus on the pitchers that he's dealing with. See how I'm talking about that? There are some... You get a AAA manager, he will have plenty of time with the 12 or 15 or 18, however many pitches, pitchers that he has on his team at the time through the season, however, however you want to look at it, however you want to phrase it. Um, the AAA pitchers are generally rather well developed already, though, when they get to AAA. So the question is, if your best pitching coach is a 94, your best pitching coach is a 94 out of 100, he's the best. He's the best you have. You, got, you, got, you have a 92, you have a 91. Yes, I'm changing the numbers as I go along. I, I didn't write them down at the first time. But you have your 94. He's your best guy. He's your best guy right now. It's not necessarily that he would be better at a as a major league pitching coach than the major league pitching coach because the major league pitching coach isn't so much about teaching players who don't have a curveball to throw a curveball. His job is keeping players on the proper path so that they don't get hurt. Um... <laughs> they throw strikes, they get out. Because at the major league level, that's what it's about. It's about getting out, it's about winning games. Whereas in the minor league level, it's about developing talent. 
And that's why I prefer minor league baseball to major league baseball because I prefer the concept of talent development than getting all bent out of shape if a bloop lands and your team ends up losing. Okay, so you have your 94 pitching coach. He's a 94. He's the best guy you got. Where are you going to assign him? Where are you going to assign this pitching coach? Why him? Why there? Well, why him? He's the best guy. Where are you going to assign your best pitching coach? If you assign him to the Dominican Summer League, it'd be great to have a spe spectacular pitching coach down the Dominican Summer League, wouldn't it be? Two pitching coaches down there. One of them is absolutely fantastic. And you, okay, I'm going to nudge my better pitchers over to that team. The guys who are a little bit, you know, more developed and older and not really likely to develop into major league talent. You put the one guys on one team, the other guys on the other team. And, okay, our real dudes, they're going to be on the team with the really good pitching coach. Seems reasonable, right? Okay, but if you send your 94 pitching coach down to the Dominican Summer League, all the players who never go to the Dominican Summer League, which would be anybody who's from the United States or Canada or Puerto Rico, they're not going to have that pitching coach ever. So you might not want to put your best pitching coach down in the Dominican Summer League. Not that you want to have a bad pitching coach there, two bad pitching. You want to have good pitching coaches wherever possible, but when you have that one guy, where do you put him? Where do you put him? Um... Perhaps you put him at the Arizona Compound League because everybody goes through the Arizona Compound League. Even guys are just blowing through there. Well, we have the Arizona Compound League so much of the time there, you have an absurd number of pitchers. Instead of, you know, like uh, Myrtle Beach South Bend, 25-man roster, a couple extra spare guys that might be hurt. You probably got 15 pitchers. 15 pitchers. Whereas out in the Arizona Compound League, you have like 40 pitchers. Some guys come back from injury. Some guys are pitching. Some guys are, well, I'm going to pitch one, two innings a week. And some guys... Again, you want to have good pitching coaches everywhere. Everywhere. If you have a middling pitching coach somewhere, replace them with somebody better. But I don't know that it makes sense to put your 94. If you only have one 94, hey, if you can get um, five 97s and uh, four 96s and three 95s, hey, you, you should have good good pitching staff developing. But if you only have one 94, where are you going to put them? So probably not the Dominican League, probably not the Arizona Compound League. But you want him to be able to see all of the legitimate pitchers. You don't want to have to wait until a pitcher gets to, for instance, double A to get to that pitching coach who he's really good. He's really good. He's really good. Usually teams end up putting their best pitching coach at the advanced A level. Why advanced A and not low A? Not entirely sure. Probably, heck, I, this, this intel might even be out of date now. Now maybe somebody's doing it differently. But the last I'd heard, the general idea was you put your best pitching coach at advanced A. They will see most 
of the useful pictures and they will have a nice little time to be able to help them work with them get them to develop that second pitch that third pitch etc and since well if you're buying into the premise of developing pitchers is important and if you're going to buy into possibly a or uh, low a or high a or wherever it is um you can possibly see why i think it's probably so important for teams to take time to actually develop pitchers there's a certain team that got eliminated by the astros last week that really 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 doesn't seem to bother a whole lot with pitcher development garrett crochet debuted in the major leagues zero percent development anywhere in the minor leagues shows up at the major league level okay we're going to start you here and then next year instead of sending you back down to the minor leagues where you can learn to throw a curveball slider change up whatever 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 no we're just going to keep you in the major league bullpen and we're never going to let you develop as a starting pitcher well okay if that's how you that's how you're going to do it that's how you're going to do it um but for a lot of teams it's important to assess pitchers in a certain fashion uh, i'm going to do an impromptu merge here um I try to do my best with these podcasts. I try to educate you a bit as far as what is going on. Hopefully, I'm doing fairly well at that. Um, as things progress, if there is a podcast you hear that you think, you know what, I got that one friend over there. He might enjoy this podcast. Feel free to share it with them, mention it to them, hit like, hit share, rate all the stuff. You, you know how that stuff goes on when i um check things out on youtube i'm pretty bad about hitting like hitting share but if there is someone who is doing a really nice job i will generally tend to follow them if it's stuff that i'm really interested in and then there's also the concept of financial support it's important if you can i'd appreciate it if you can't i'd appreciate that you considered it if this podcast is of any value to you, consider supporting this podcast in whichever way or ways most seem applicable to you. Wow, those are some ugly numbers. 2005, Anderson Tavares. That's who I'm stuck on. Uh, 118 and two-thirds innings, 153 hits. ERA of 5.46. So yeah, he didn't pitch very well in 2005, but he was a very good pitching coach. And that there's so, so many people are, um, I don't want this guy as our team's pitching coach because he wasn't successful at the major league level. That has no bearing on anything. That has, uh, the, Through the years, there have been a number of people that I have had as teachers, and the teachers that were effective for me were not necessarily the teachers that were the smartest. The teachers that were the most effective for me were the ones who best related stuff in a fashion that I could understand. Whether they were brilliant or not, if they got me to, oh, now I understand that, they were probably pretty good teachers. If they actually took a serious interest in what they were doing, that helped as well. So we've, or I've decided that 
from what I've heard, A, advanced A pitching coaches generally are the elite pitching coaches as far as a system. So now, again, that doesn't mean that the other ones are chopped liver. It doesn't mean that the other ones are bad at their gigs. The A plus, uh, the advanced A pitching coach is generally the one who, okay, you bring me in a guy who's talented. I'm going to try to get him better somehow, some way. Maybe it'll be improve his slider. Maybe it'll be improve his changeup. Maybe it will work on his, be work, working on his fastball command so he's better at whatever. Whatever it is, if the pitcher that comes into advanced A ball upgrades, then he gets kicked onto double A ball, and then you find out how it all works. Okay, this is actually about this is about the Mesa Solar Sox and Jamie Vermilia. Jamie Vermilia, I'm gonna look him up now because I'm really horrible about sometimes I'm going to wait until the last minute to do my research, and I'm going to wait until the microphone is already going, which is probably the bad way to do it. Um, Jamie Vermilia, ah, baseball player, cool. Does it, does it say where he played? I, I, I'm going, ooh, I'm going the big stuff this time. I'm going uh, Wikipedia. Wikipedia, gotta be true now. Uh, James Jordan Vermilia, V-E-R-M-I-L-Y-E-A. Born in Arizona in 1982. Former professional baseball player. Okay, so I should be able to look him up on YouTube and uh, Baseball Reference and find out more. Um, let's see. Played part of the 2007 season in ML. Oh, he did play in MLB. Romelia played in MLB. I didn't know that. Um, that, that that's useful to know. Um he should be easier to find then. Ver... But yeah, when you are putting together, it's not about did this guy play at the major league level? Was he incredibly successful at the major league level? Two games, six innings pitched, two strikeouts. Let's see. Finished one game, six innings, five hits, no walks, two strikeouts. Ooh, that's interesting. Six innings, no no walks, two strikeouts. Okay. So he, he did fairly well uh in his one game in his major uh, in his two games in his major league career. Um so he fought through the major leagues. Okay, he probably learned a whole lot of levels lessons along the way. Vermilia is the pitching coach in South Bend, the Cubs advanced A affiliate. Now, if the Cubs are still in, still running with their best pitching coach is an advanced A. Vermilia, the coach, the pitching coach at advanced A, is that guy. The Arizona Fall League, it's a throw together of five teams. Throw together of five teams. The Cubs, the Baltimore Orioles, the uh, Crikey, I can't even remember, but it's not all that important which. But there are five teams out there, and each team has either a manager or a hitting coach or a pitching coach or there's two other things, but I can't remember what they are. The Mesa Solar Sox, their pitching coach is Jamie Vermilia. 
who, if now is the same as I've heard it was back then, is probably either the Cubs' best pitching developing coach or at least one of the best. Which makes sense, because if you're going to send a coach out to eyeball a bunch of pitchers, it would make sense to send one of your better ones to do that. At least it makes sense to me. Could have sent a guy from AA, could have sent a guy from the Dominican Summer League, could have sent a guy from Arizona Compound League. They sent Jamie Vermilia. Probably Jamie Vermilia has some kind of a clue about what's going on. As we assess the Arizona Compound League, or the Arizona Fall League, this cycle, the Cubs really didn't send out a whole lot of superstar talent. There was immediately the assumption that Brandon Davis will be out there. Brandon Davis isn't out there. Nelson Velazquez is out there. Luis Vazquez and Andy Weber. Those are the three offensive players, which means since you have seven players on the team, there are four pitchers. Usually with the Arizona League, if you're going to have a seven-person split, it'll either be three pitchers, four hitters, or four pitchers, three hitters. Either or, whichever, doesn't really matter. The teams generally try to work together to make sure that... They have a proper roster. Heck, they want to win, but they also want to make sure that you know, it, it would be absolutely stupid if all five teams say, we insist we're going to send out two catchers. Well, then you have 10 catchers and not enough position players for the other stuff. So you kind of do a little bit, okay, who are you going to send out? Who are you going to send out? Oh, okay. Since you're going to send that uh, third base, are we a little bit short on third base? No, we got this guy. Okay, we, we got this guy and this guy. So, okay, how, how about a right fielder? Oh, yeah, right fielder. Yes, yeah, send a right fielder or whatever. You want to communicate. You want to make sure that as best as possible, the players that you're sending out will get a look, will get to play. In the three games so far that have been played, the Mesa Solar Sox have won two, the last two. Nelson Velazquez has started and recorded a hit in two of the games. Luis Vazquez has started in two of the games and recorded a hit in one of them. Andy Weber played in one game, and I don't think he had a hit, but he might have. So it's two games so far for Vazquez, two games for Velazquez, and one for Weber. Just in case you're keeping track, there will not be a quiz. It's not all that essential. With the hitters, they're trying to get a little bit of extra looks because in two of the three cases, the players missed a bunch of time due to injury. So now we switch to the four pitchers that are on the roster. Two of the pitchers, Brendan Little and Danias Correa, are Rule 5 draft eligible this offseason, this December. So if the Cubs decide in November they wish to add either Correa or Little, or both of them, to the 40-man roster. They are exempted from being drafted in the Rule 5 draft. In other words, they're kind of on a... a, a buy-to-own kind of a sort of a mindset. 
yeah, you can try this out. You can try this out. And if it works out well, then you can buy it. That kind of a sort of a thing. But if it's really garbage, then no, you don't have to buy it. So if the Cubs decide, Danius Correa and Brendan Little look they look like they should be protected. <coughs> Excuse me. They'll probably be protected. But you know and I know Jed Hoyer and newly um newly signed goodness, I'm gonna have to look this guy's up this guy's name up because I don't have it down to my memory yet. That's horrible, isn't it? Guy got signed as general manager. I don't even Carter Hawkins. Carter Hawkins and Jed Hoyer probably are not going to spend their entire summers their entire summer out in Arizona. It's not going to be a situation of, I'm going to fly out to Arizona, watch the game, and then fly back home. And then the next day, fly back out, and then fly back. And then fly... No. Y'all do it. You, you, Jamie Vermelia, you're the coach. Tell us what you're seeing. Tell us what's happening. Tell us what's going on. Let us know. Brendan Little and... Danias Correa, are they playing like they deserve to be protected? There has to be some trust. There has to be some trust back and forth. Jed Hoyer, Carter Hawkins have to be able to trust the people in the in the organization who are making the decisions, one of whom is Jamie Vermilia, who is a really good pitching coach, at least as far as developing players, and that's basically what they're looking at. So, in the Arizona Arizona Fall League, the Cubs also have two other pitchers. One of them is Caleb Killian. One of them is Ryan Jensen. Both of those two are more starters than the relievers. And neither of those two are Rule 5 eligible this offseason. So regardless how well they do, regardless how poorly they do, they cannot be Rule 5 selected this offseason. That will not happen until December of 22. That is when that decision might have to be made. But with Correa and Little decision has to be has to be made in the next what uh, five weeks something like that. So with Killian and um, now I'm forgetting players' names. Yay, yay for Tim Ryan Jensen. Uh, in the case of Ryan Jensen and Caleb Killian, they're getting more innings in. They're getting more innings in against quality opponents. And in his first outing, Ryan Jensen, it didn't go very well. But guess what? It's really not a huge thing. It's really not a, oh my goodness, I'm really concerned. Ryan Jensen's going to be terrible because, no, that's not how it works. With pitching, it's you develop, you learn stuff. Some days you do well, some days you do horribly. And in the minor leagues, it's really not about you have to win every single game like it is at the major league level. Jamie Vermilia, what happened? What what was wrong with Ryan Jensen? Well, he did he was he wasn't commanding his curveball, or he wasn't you know, whatever the term. Jamie Vermilia probably knows what the problem was. Ryan Jensen probably knows what the problem was. Neither of the relief pitchers have pitched in the first three first three games. Caleb Killian has not pitched in the first three games. 
should we be concerned? Oh my goodness, this is horrible. Brendan Little isn't getting a bit. No, it's really not all that important. What's important is Jamie Vermilia is getting looks at two potential major league starting pitchers in 2022 or 2023, and two players who are going to have to be decided upon by November 19th, will they be on the 40-man roster or not, which would exempt them from Rule 5 draft consideration. When they get into games, I'm going to want them to get out. But again, it's not essential as far as, oh my goodness, there's a bloop and it landed for a hit. Oh, Denny is great. He's not going to get protected. It's about the bigger picture. Does Denise Correa look like he, A, would get selected? Everybody's looking. Everybody has scouts. Everybody has scouts at games. Teams have scouts at practices. Because after all, the people who are coaching the teams are coaches in the system. So if, you know, Jed Hoyer, Carter Hawkins. Carter Hawkins calls Jamie Vermillion about three weeks, says, Jamie, who's the three best guys out there that we ought to be interested in in the Rule 5 draft if they get left unprotected of the guys who possibly might get left unprotected? Does that seem like a reasonable question? You know, there are some guys who, well, they're not eligible for the draft yet. Then there are some guys who, well, they're eligible for the draft, but they're obviously going to get protected. Then there's a whole bunch of guys like Danius Correa, who they have to produce to get protected in the Rule 5 draft. So the a logical question from Carter Hawkins or Jed Hoyer or whoever, who's a couple of guys out there that they're Rule 5 eligible and they might get left unprotected? And if they are unprotected, maybe the Cubs ought to be interested in. See how that kind of makes a little bit of sense? Especially since Jamie Vermilia kind of knows what the heck's going on. Well, there's this one guy for the team from Surprise who, or, or, or whatever, whatever. He, if you are good at assessing talent, you're good at assessing talent. Perhaps maybe it's a situation of, hey, we probably better call over the hitting coach and have the hitting coach talk with Jamie Vermilia. Unfortunately, Jamie Vermilia, he's in Mesa. And the hitting coaches are in Mesa. They're at the same facility for the home games. Communication isn't that difficult. Assessing Brendan Little, Danias Correa, and Nelson Velazquez. Those three players specifically. Assessing those three players accurately, effectively. In the Arizona Fall League is probably the most important stuff that has to get done between now and November 19th by the Cubs. After all, Carter Hawkins has been hired. What else is there that's going to happen between now and November 19th that's really all that important for the Cubs? They're not going to go out and sign Carlos Correa. And if they were going to go out and sign Carlos Correa, it wouldn't be by November 19th. 
possibly, possibly, possibly the fifth game after fifth day after the World Series, whole bunch of, there will be a whole bunch of players who are declared minor league free agents. Minor league free agents, they uh, they have been in their organization long enough. And if they are not given a 40-man roster spot and they don't sign a successor contract, they become free agents. So there's going to be a whole bunch of players that on the fifth day after the World Series, they will become free agents. Now on that day, the Cubs really might want to look at the entire list. And boy, there's going to be a big, long list. There's going to be a big, long list. All these guys are now free agents. They weren't free agents yesterday. They're free agents today. Okay, here's this big old long list. 600 names. Who do we want? Which guys on this list make the most sense to us? Now, that will be an important day. That will be an important day. Here's the list of guys. Who do we want to go out and make a minor league offer to? Maybe we want to make a major league offer to them. But other than that, most of what's, what's important between now and then is... How are Brendan Little, Danias Correa, and Nelson Velazquez doing in the Arizona Fall League? And with the four pitchers, whether they're pitching in games very much or not, Jamie Vermilia is out there watching. And the Cubs buy into Jamie Vermilia. Will the Cubs add some coaches? Will the Cubs add some scouts? Will the Cubs find somebody who might have been released from some organization that makes sense and add him and whatever, whatever? Cool, wonderful. But as far as between now and November 19th, probably the most important thing is to assess the Mesa Solar stocks. And the three players that are potentially going to be added to the 40-man roster or potentially otherwise might be selected in the Rule 5 draft. Nelson Velasquez, Danias Correa, and Brendan Little. Assess them. And it's really nice that the Cubs coach on said team is Jamie Vermilia, who can keep tabs on and provide assessments of the four pitchers on the team. So really, the executives don't even have to really do anything except maybe have a 15-minute Skype call two, three times a week. So is there anything we need to know? Eh, Not really a whole lot. Uh, Let's see. um, Caleb Killian, is curveballs looking better? Or or whatever it would be. Whatever it would be. If those pitchers get into games late in the Arizona Fall League, yeah, take a note, take an interest. How did Correa do? How did Little look? You're not going to know. All you're going to know is a box score because there is no streaming. Major League Baseball apparently hates technology. Uh, I guess uh, Rob Manfred's probably some sort of a Luddite or something. I don't know. But... um. Developing pitchers, having useful pitching coaches, having very good pitching coaches is always helpful in player development. Usually, A-ball 
pitching coaches are about as good as an organization will have because they're going to see players and they're going to see them before the point where they probably ought to have everything developed by then anyway. Because when you send a kid to low A ball, possibly he's just out of college, possibly he's shortly out of high school, that is a good time to, hey, how about this? Let's teach you a slider. Or, okay, you've tried this, that hasn't worked. You've tried this, that hasn't worked. You have, you've tried this, that hasn't worked. Let's try a cutter. Have you ever tried a cutter before? What's a cutter? <laughs> the pitching coaches at the A-ball level are very important in a pipeline. And the Cubs, as best as they have, very possibly, is out in Arizona watching the goings-on out there. And that's probably a good thing. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I'll have another podcast up soon, as circumstances warrant. Be safe, go Cubs go, and be nice to people.